don't miss La Raza Chronicles tonight at 7 o'clock. The ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up in darkness from the ones who walk in light light them up boys there's your picture drop the shadows out of sight this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw yes I'm out of breath today. Bloody AC transit let me down again. Anyway, today is Tuesday, April the 7th, all day. April the 7th, 2009. Oh, great God, the 15th anniversary of the Rwandan genocide. 800,000 dead in 100 days. Some pundits say that the national calorie intake in Rwanda fell below a sustainable level, you know. Uh, others say the government gave permission to let loose all the violence and hatred so long suppressed among peoples who suffered from otherism, tribalism, whateverism was current. Ah, uh, they could be persuaded that neighbors were enemies. Voltaire said it, those who can be made to believe absurdities can be persuaded to commit atrocities. There you go. Machetes, yes. In a case like that one, language seems inadequate. Anyway, limited, as Bill Clinton said, we just sat in offices. That's what he said, just sat in offices. Words, words, words are inevitably misunderstood. Uh, even if heard, uh, the big lie seems to me to be the story that killing your enemy is freedom. <laughs> Whose idea was that? You know, that murder is justice. Justice for someone somewhere or, you know, even that killing your neighbor might put food on the table. That one goes way, way back. The simple notion that our resources are limited. Now, that does make sense, always made sense to some people, that there was not enough to go around. At least that's what their leaders made them believe. Somewhere I read that it's 1,600 calories, right? That once the national caloric intake in Rwanda, once it fell below 1,600 calories per day per person, then mass murder was inevitable. Now that is a theater of the absurd. Anyway, I... I don't think this is a play by Ionesco. I, I think 
This is the earth. This is the tired old, lousy old earth, as Samuel Beckett used to say. Yes, the mind reels, the images box, the compass of the brain. We look around the globe and see tens of millions of very young human beings imprinting on scenes of injustice and fratricide day by day the rise of a new generation of sociopaths. Whoops. Ah, here they come. The barbarians at the gates. No gates anymore. Some poet somewhere said pity the monsters. I never knew what he meant by that. I don't know who it was. Lowell? I think it was Lowell. Anyway, pity the monsters. Pity the monsters. My comfort, my best comfort, is always to read Sam Beckett. That old Zen Buddhist, uh, what is it, that bedraggled old man under a rock. He's my literary saint, my nihilist. Ah, uh, nattering nabob of negativity? No, 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 not so. Saint Samuel Beckett was, is never negative. His is a wild mind. Beckett lets me laugh at the madness. The, the journey through this <laughs> nightmare. Beckett wrote somewhere, Beckett wrote, quote, An Irishman's brain... It's only his imagination. He keeps me going. Beckett wrote, try again, fail again, fail better. That's what I call an optimist, an up, upscale, upbeat guy. Today is a perfect day to read some excerpts from Beckett's works. It's April, you know, the cruelest month. It's raining out there, but the weather is achingly beautiful. Samuel Beckett was born on Good Friday. This Friday is Good Friday. It's his birthday, 10th April. This Friday is Good Friday. Happy birthday, Sam, born on the day of the crucifixion, <laughs> up there on the cross of the mind-body despair. Beckett actually died on Christmas, Christmas weekend, 1989 it was. Perfect symmetry there. Let's see. Yes, Christ's symbolic birthday is Christmas, 1989. He was born in 1906. Four years younger than my parents. Let me start with a short poem by Samuel Beckett. Beckett wrote, Again the last ebb, The dead shingle, The turning then, The steps, Towards the lighted town. <laughs> In one of the novels, he writes, when, when will you have done tormenting me with your time, time, time? <laughs> I think I'll start with 
a little bit of Malloy. It's all the way back 1955, translated from the French. Um, Beckett translated his own work. Sometimes, this time he had help from Patrick Bowles. This is a Grove Press book, 1955. It's the beginning of the novel. Malloy. Beckett writes, I am in my mother's room. It's I who live there now. I don't know how I got there, perhaps in an ambulance. Certainly a vehicle of some kind. I, I was helped. I never have got there alone. There's this man who comes every week. Perhaps I got there thanks to him. He says not. He gives me money and takes away the pages. So many pages, so much money, yes. I work now a little like I used to, except that I don't know how to work anymore. That doesn't matter, apparently. What I'd like now is to speak of the things that are left. Say my goodbyes. Finish dying. They don't want that. Yes, there is more than one, apparently, but it's always the same one that comes. You'll do that later, he says. Good. The truth is, I haven't much will left when he comes for the fresh pages. He brings back the previous weeks. They are marked with signs I don't understand. Anyway, I don't read them. When I've done nothing, he gives me nothing. He scolds me, yet I don't work for money. Uh, for what, then? I don't know. The truth is, I don't know much. For example, my mother's death. Was she already dead when I came? Or did she only die later? I mean, enough to bury. I don't know. Perhaps they haven't buried her yet. In any case, I have her room. I sleep in her bed. I have taken her place. I must resemble her more and more. All I need now is a son. Perhaps I have one somewhere, but I think not. He would be old now, nearly as old as myself. It was a little chambermaid. It wasn't true love. The true love was in another. We'll come to that. Her name, her name. I've forgotten it again. It seems to me sometimes that I even knew my son, that I helped him. Then I tell myself it's impossible. It's impossible I could ever have helped anyone. I've forgotten how to spell two and half the words. That doesn't matter, apparently. Good.
is a queer one. The one who comes to see me. He comes every Sunday, apparently. The other days he isn't free. <laughs> He's always thirsty. It was, he told me, that I'd begun all wrong, that I should have begun differently. He must be right. I began at the beginning. Imagine that. Here's my beginning. I took a lot of trouble with it. Here it is. It gave me a lot of trouble. It was the beginning, do you understand? Whereas now, it is near the end. Is what I do now any better? I don't know. That's beside the point. Here's my beginning. It must mean something, or they wouldn't keep it. Here it is. I shall soon be quite dead at last, in spite of all. Perhaps next month, then it will be the month of April or May. May, for the year is still young. A thousand little signs tell me so, though perhaps I am wrong. Perhaps I shall survive St. John the Baptist Day, and even the 14th of July. Festival. <laughs> Festival of freedom, indeed. I would not put it past me to pant on to the transfiguration. Not to speak of the assumption, but I do not think so. I do not think I am wrong in saying that these rejoicings will take place in my absence this year. I have that feeling. I've had it now for some days, and I credit it. I could die today, if I wished, merely by making a little effort. But it's just as well to let myself die quietly without rushing things. Of course, I still have my little fits of impatience from time to time. I must be on my guard against them for the next fortnight or three weeks. But without exaggeration, to be sure, quietly, crying and laughing, without working myself up into a state... I shall be, I shall be natural at last. I shall suffer more, then less. Without drawing any conclusions, I shall pay less heed to myself. I shall be neither hot nor cold anymore. I shall be tepid. I shall die tepid. Without enthusiasm, I shall not watch myself die. That would spoil everything. Have I watched myself live? Have I ever complained? Then why rejoice now? I am content necessarily, but not to the point of clapping my hands. I am satisfied. There. I am repaid. I have enough. I need nothing more.
Let me say, before I go any further, that I forgive nobody. I wish them all an atrocious life, and then the fires and ice of hell, and in the inexorable generations to come, an honored name. <laughs> ah, enough for this evening. <laughs> oh, oh, I usen't to need anyone. Just to myself. Stories. There was a great one about an old fellow called Bolton. I never finished it. I never finish any of them. I never finished anything. Everything always went on forever. Stories. Stories. Years and years of stories till the need came on me for someone to be with me, anyone, a stranger. Years of that and then now for someone who knew me in the old days. A stranger to be with me. Imagine he hears me. What I am now. Yuck. <laughs> Father. Father. Father, you wouldn't know me now. You'd be sorry you ever had me. <laughs> but you were that already. A washout, that's the last I heard from you, a washout. <laughs> Are you coming for a dip? No, no, come on, come on, no, no, glare, stomp the door, turn, glare. A washout, that's all you are, a washout again, again. Slam life shut like that. Wash out. Wish to Christ she had. This time I know where I'm going. It is no longer the ancient night, the recent night. Now it is a game I am going to play. I never knew how to play till now. I longed to, but I knew it was impossible, yet I often tried. I turned on all the lights. I took a good look all round. I began to play with what I saw. People and things ask nothing better than to play. Certain animals, too, 
All went well at first. They all came to me, pleased that someone should want to play with them. If I said, "Now I need a hunchback," immediately one came running, proud as punch of his fine hunch that was going to perform. It did not occur to him that I might have to ask him to undress. <laughs> It was not long before I found myself alone in the dark. That is why I gave up trying to play, and took to myself forever. Shapelessness and speechlessness, incurious wandering, darkness, long stumbling with outstretched arms, hiding. Such is the earnestness from which, for nearly a century now. I have never been able to depart. This is Jennifer Stone reading to you excerpts from、uh, the works of Samuel Beckett. I do this to celebrate、uh, National Poetry Month.、Um, April, the cruelest month, give or take a few weeks. In late October, it's April. Yes, I had thought of Emily Dickinson, but considering the weather and history, I thought that Samuel Beckett might be more what is the word sentimental, romantic, close to my heart,、uh, a nihilist in love. Let me try.、Uh, let me try one more snatch from、uh, the unnameable. I have several poems, but this this bit of prose、uh, it seems to me shows you how Beckett felt about、uh, what the world had offered him in the way of faith.、Uh, In the unnameable, he writes, "They gave me the lowdown on God. They told me I depended on Him in the last analysis. They had it on the reliable authority of his agents at Bally. I forget what this being the place, according to them, where the inestimable gift of life had been rammed down my gullet, and what they were most determined for me to swallow was my fellow creatures." In this, they were without mercy. I remember little or nothing of these lectures. I cannot have understood a great deal, but I seem to have retained certain descriptions. In spite of myself, they gave me courses on love, on intelligence, most precious, most precious. They also taught me to count, and even to reason. Some of this rubbish has come in handy on occasions. I don't deny it. On occasions which would never have arisen if they had left me in peace, I use it still to scratch my arse with. 
Low types they must have been, their pockets full of poison and antidote. Perhaps all this instruction <laughs> was by correspondence. Yet I seem to know their faces from photographs, perhaps. When did all this nonsense stop? Has it stopped? A few last questions. Is it merely a lull? There were four or five of them at me. And they called that presenting their report. One in particular, Basil, I think he was called, filled me with hatred. Without opening his mouth, fastening on me his eyes like cinders with all their seeing, he changed me a little more each time into what he wanted me to be. Is he still glaring at me from the shadows? Is he still usurping my name? The one they foisted on me up there in their world, patiently, from season to season. Oh, no. No, here I am in safety. Amusing myself, wondering, who can have dealt me these insignificant wounds? Yes. Is it somewhere Beckett says? Yes, somewhere he says. See what kind attention they get, all these dying of their wounds. I think I have just time to read Beckett's long poem, Cascando. This was written in 1936. Why not merely the despaired of occasion of word shed? Is it not better abort than be barren the hours after you are gone are so leaden they will always start dragging too soon the grapples clawing blindly the bed of want bringing up the bones the old loves sockets filled once with eyes like yours all always is it better too soon than never. The black want splashing their faces saying again. Nine days never floated the loved, nor nine months, nor nine lives saying again. If you do not teach me, I shall not learn. Saying again, there is a last, even of last times, last times of begging, last times of loving, of knowing, not knowing, pretending. A last, even of last times of saying, if you do not love me, I shall not be loved. 
If I do not love you, I shall not love. The churn of stale words in the heart again, love, 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 thought of the old plunger, pestling the unalterable way of words, terrified again of not loving, of loving and not you, of being loved and not by you, of knowing, not knowing, pretending, pretending. I and all the others that will love you, if they love you, unless they love you. That poem, Cascando by Beckett, I saw once performed by one of the great English character actors, Jack McGowan. He uh, made a video. He was in a desert, crashing his head against two great stones. They represented his mother and father. They are the ones that he kept crying out to, if you do not love me, I shall not be loved. If I do not love you, I shall not love. It is all about what we learn at our mother's and our father's knees. This has been Jennifer Stone. I'll be back on the air next Tuesday at this same time. Until then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Peter Rowan Bluegrass Band will be performing in Larkspur Thursday, April 16th as a benefit for the Lark. The Lark Theater is a nonprofit community film and art center located at 549 Magnolia Avenue.